0: Tonight, I feel like, man, we're about to just take, take this to another level, man. Uh, universe, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for attracting and aligning some of the dopest motherfuckers, period, in Web 3. Listen to what I'm saying. When you pull up to DAPS Radio, we're cooking different. We got different ingredients in the other spots. We got organic, non-GMO. You know what I'm saying? We ain't out here, no preservatives. This is as real as it gets. This is the voice of the culture. DAPS Radio is the voice of the culture. Listen. Tonight, this brother right here that I got here, the way he cooks, listen, man, he's been cooking for your kids. You know what I'm saying? You're talking about taking it to another level. I'm excited. And tonight, I'm lucky to have the homie Skullface on episode 42 of DAPS Radio. What's going on, Skullface?
1: Hey, what's up, brother? Glad to be here, man.
0: Dude, I'm excited to have you on here, man. Like, I want people to feel the vibe. I want you to be like, what's going on? Is this a club? Like, what's this is the culture, baby? When I say culture, you know what I'm saying? It's about how we dress. It's about how we talk. It's about what we do. And what we do here, man, we talk about that entrepreneurial spirit. We talk about that never fucking giving up. We talk about that tastemakers make the fucking world go round. And tonight, man, we're going to talk about your journey, baby, because you got me fucking excited when I did my homework and found out some dead mouse, Tiesto, Disney, Disney. We'll get to that later, fam. We'll get to that later. But uh, first of all, I got to say what's up. Hey, Cardboard, how you doing, brother? You ready? You got your seatbelt on? Always. Always with you. Awesome. Awesome. Yo, shout out to Jason, man. Rove, Rove app in the building. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have that Rode app in your Rode medallions, man, jump off a bridge. Literally, you know what I'm saying? Because that's the future of ticketing. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to everybody in the community, man. My community, our community, we're all community. So everybody here, man, let's just keep it pushing. And I'm going to stop monologuing, man. I'm going to take it down a notch. I'm going to put it in cruise control. And I'm going to say, Skull, here's the only rules we have here, baby. I want you to be as comfortable as you want. This is your couch. This is your spot. You're now part of what we do. And I want you to just, wherever the conversation goes, whatever you want to talk about, we're here to do it, man. So let's start off with, where does the story of Skullface begin?
1: All right. Um, first of all, I want to thank uh, Cardboard and, of course, you, Props, for inviting me to Adapt uh, Radio. Uh, actually, this is my second time doing spaces. So I'm kind of a bit nervous, but I'm kind of, feeling the vibe right now you know I'm upping my confidence right now for you guys so I could tell my story and like my journey in web3 because it's got it's gonna be you know a lot different you know uh, it's not like a lot different from other artists but I have you know uh, something um, different um, from where I came from and where I am now in Web3. So I'm really excited to share this to all of you guys. So yeah, um, I started around like 15 years ago. Um, I I came from not really a well-off family. So um, I studied um, advertising arts uh, during college days, but I did to drop out of school because of course, um, we we got money issues before when I was in college. So I need to drop out at school, and I was uh, I will, I need to look for a job. You know, because I didn't finish my work. So it's gonna, it it has to be a struggle to to look for a job uh, if you don't have any degree in our
0: country. So yeah. Um, Sco, not Yo. to catch you off, you're, I know you're about, to, you're about to lay down and lay some fire, bro. You know, Sco's about to lay some stuff down. And Sco, let me tell you something, bro. Your story, your unique story, we appreciate that because we all come from unique, humble beginnings. And this is why we do this show. We do this show so you can amplify and tell your stories. So when people look at the artwork and first they say, why are he charging so much? Yeah, man, because he didn't just show up today and say, buy my art. He's been through some shit. And all of us who perform at this level that we perform on, and I'm going to say people like Jason, me, Scum, Liberty, Scribble, all of us, you know, we all go through things in our lives, sometimes dark shit that gives us the ability to shine so bright as we do right now. You feel what I'm saying? Let's continue. But before you go down to that spot where you're at right now about the school, where are you from in the, in the world?
1: Um, actually, I'm based right now in Manila, Philippines, uh, somewhere in the Pacific. So...
0: Kamusta. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Nice one, man. I love it. I love
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, we know culture around here. You know what I'm saying? We know about that adobo. We know about the ponzan. We know about the show pals. We know about the <laughs> banana sauce. We know, come on. we Sig, sig. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> L- Lumpia. Lumpia, Shanghai. <laughs> love lumpia man but yeah continue sorry bro you just, i got excited because i grew up around a lot of filipinos so you know
1: <laughs> awesome awesome bro so yeah uh, going back um um i had to drop out of school i, I needed to like um look for a job so uh, luckily i landed a job in a korean company based in philippines um i was there as a um, illustrator for children's books so I do a lot of illustrations for like you know those little storybooks and uh, test papers and like all those children's stuff so um, from there I sort of like developed my portfolio and started um, uploading stuff on Deviant Art. that was like I guess 15 years ago, so it's kind of, you know, way, way back. So after I started, you know, uploading stuff on my portfolio, um, let me tell you before that, um, I'm really a fan of, like, you know, punk rock, uh, metal music. So I drew a lot of, you know, skulls, zombies, monsters, aside from drawing children's stuff. So that's where I um, invented my style of like mixing dark stuff into cartoons. And um, I had a big influence as well with comics and a lot of Cartoon Network Nickelodeon stuff. So I tried to mix it all together and I came up with, you know, like, my, my style uh, uh, with this um, sort of, like, artwork that I'm working on right now. So, um, after that, uh, I started, like, um, uploading stuff on portfolio sites. And soon enough, like, after a year, uh, I, sc- I landed some commissions for like metal bands like um, mostly um, bands that play warp tour bands that play um, um, download festival or those big um, concerts in Europe and US so I have had the chance to work with um, metal uh, metal bands I create their Merchandises, uh, tour posters, and everything uh, related to music. Uh, I was even working with um, some record labels, like rock and metal record labels, like Ferret Music. Um, I have worked with New Found Glory. I have worked with like um, Suicide Silence, all those stuff, like death metal and punk rock. So I was... Doing that for like, um, I think five years. Um, and along the way, I scored projects like, yeah, Dead Mouse and Disney and all those stuff. Basically, I started as a merch designer. So um, that's why I landed a project with Scum recently to do their. Um, Merchandise, and of course in uh, a collaboration with
0: Scum as well. So That's, that T-shirt yeah. is fire. When I saw that, when I saw that T-shirt. I was like, the type of dude I am, man. Like right now, I'm rocking the Supreme shirt. It's, it's it's a collab with a brand a brand called The Decline. This is the, and it's got like this funny character in the front, like a rock and roll cover. And it's got Supreme on the back. I've worn this shirt for the last two days. I don't give a damn. Okay. And when I saw your shirt, I was like, yo, I'll wear this shirt every day. I don't care. I've got like 15 pairs of black jeans. Sometimes you just might see me wearing all black. You know what I'm saying? It's like a vibe. But I want to go back. I want to I get in this time machine, man, and, and go, go way, way back, man. I want to know what it was like growing up. Like, how did you develop this artistic, like, disability? ability? Was this something? Did you grow up in a household like that? I know you said your household, uh, it was different beginnings. But walk us through that because I'm curious how you made the jump from where you're from to this. So take us to, like, what was life growing up? Where did you grow up in Manila? Like, how was life with mom and dad? Were they supportive? Was somebody in the arts in your house? Let's go there. Let's start there, man, because you, you gave us some fire, and I know you got more fire, but I'm curious about that part of your life, man. Why don't you share a little bit of that with us?
1: Well, well, actually, um, my dad is an architect. Um, I was Actually, I was born in Cebu, It's the central part of um, Philippines. So it's a different island, small island, um, but it's the second largest city in Philippines. So uh, we have this art culture going on in there. So um, I grew up, uh, my dad is an architect and my mom is a pharmacist. So on the side, my dad, uh, drew a lot of things, you know. He, he is an artist as well. Uh, he he's done watercolor. He's done like oil painting. So this is where I got my uh, influence is through my dad, because um he you know gave me art materials since I was like maybe as far as I remember seven years old or five years old. I was already playing with art materials. And I'm trying to, you know, mimic my dad on what he does in the canvas. So I was, you know, drawing horses, drawing stick figures. And um, I came to love art because solely from my dad, actually. I'm really highly influenced by my dad. My, my dad. So um, that's where I got my, you know, I skill as
0: an artist so when you're little did you like did he ever take you on sites and like you know like my dad was was an entrepreneur in zimbabwe right like he had one of the first real estate companies in harare so i don't i don't remember like my younger younger years but i do remember pulling up back in the day excited like i go on deals with him and he had the embed the i call it the dictator bends you know what i'm saying that early 80s one that you see in the movies so do you remember any of that stuff, like any going any places with your dad or seeing some things? And if you do, what were some of the thoughts? Did you aspire to be like him? Or, you know, how, how did that kind of play out?
1: Um, actually, yeah. My, my dad took me to, like, you know, um, his architectural projects uh, somewhere in the Philippines, but I don't really remember where was that. But um, he really pushed me to, like, you know, join art contests in the Philippines and like, you know, poster making contests at school. So he really pushed me into that. So I came to love drawing even more. So, um, but I'm a little bit, you know, of a rebel in the family. I was the, like the black sheep of the whole family. So um, I was really... Into music as well, so at the same time I was like you know uh, doing art at the same time listening to hardcore metal punk rock music, everything. So um, I I was I went to a point that uh, I wanted to be a rock star (laughs) here in our country, but um, in the end, it's still the drawing part. Being an artist is, you know, the leading um, thing in my life that I could make use of, uh, you know. So, sort of like that.
0: Oh, That's dope. That's dope. So, how was moms with all of this stuff? Was Was mom supportive? Because these are these are definitely like two different things, right? Like architecture is like is like creative, and pharmacist is like it's creative, but it's. You know, I'll say one is left brain, one is right brain. How, how was, was mom supportive of you or, did you know, usually third world uh, families, you know, they, they push towards just, you know, education, right? Be a lawyer, be a doctor, like that's safe. How, how did mom feel about these things that you were doing with getting inspired by Pops?
1: Actually, mom was really, uh, she's just really passive about what I wanted to do. But at the same time, she's of course, really supportive. So that's why, you know, I, I think how I can say this is like um, th- my parents is just, you know, um, just going the uh, going with the flow of what I wanted to be. Um, I'm really thankful for that. Uh, I, I didn't have the huge pressure of like, you know what? you you need to be a doctor or you need to be a nurse or you need to be something else or something like that. I didn't felt that. So um, I was really lucky to have such parents that pushes me on what I really want. Um, When I was really young, all I wanted to do is just draw and draw and draw and that's it. Watch cartoons, drink Coke at the same time, watching cartoons so, um, yeah, I was really lucky to have these kind of parents that, you know, uh, let their kid, you know, just go with the flow of what we want it to be in the future.
0: That's dope, bro. When you when you say drinking Coke, I, I got excited because back in the day, you know, you guys drink the, the Coke out the bottles, correct?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, when I was a little kid, I was like, you know, watching morning cartoons and holding a one layer of coke so <laughs> i was like you know that was not really healthy at all but i was enjoying my
0: you know my youth with that uh, sort of thing yo that's dope when you when you said the age i just i was, I was laughing but like at the end of the day man we breathe the air and there's rocket fuel in the air and we're not dead so you know I, I like to think that maybe that coke helped you become who you are today you feel me <laughs> um so okay so what what was like you know so with the rock and roll you know what was some of the stuff you listened to and during this movement what was the, what was the vibe like when you went to school was it you know where did you stay to yourself and just focus on your craft or you know were you down with with, with clicks like what was school like for you
1: Actually, when I was like, you know, um, elementary or high school somewhere that I was a bit different because I went to like uh, a public school because well, at first they uh, they placed me in a Christian school, which is sort of premium in, in our country, but it didn't work out for me because I always break the freaking rules, man. Because that's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm like a little bit of a rebel. I'm like a little bit of like um, a black sheep in the family. So I don't really follow rules. So I got kicked out uh, on, when I was placed in the Christian schools. So I went to the public schools. And... Um, Going there in public schools in the Philippines, it's really different because um, you, you belong with the, like, you know, uh, more of not the rich people, more of like um, just the, let's say, um, how to say, it, maybe not that average or like, you know, just surviving um, types of people. Uh, in the society so I it's way different because um, from coming from a Christian school and going to public is you know it's different because it's in, in Christian schools is more expensive so when I went to public school it's just cheap and they, they treated me like you know um, oh, this guy is sort of, you know, rich and like um, he, he's a little bit flashy. His family is like that, blah, 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 blah. Something like that. So uh, everyone's afraid of me um, in terms of like talking to me because maybe I won't vibe with them because they're just, you know, normal people just trying to survive. And I, I was there, kicked out from a Christian school and, you know, mingling with those types of people, like, you know, slums, the people who lives in the slums. Man. So I got the, the vibe of, you know, um, playing around with kids in the slums. I went, uh, I went to their houses. I, I went, you know, I, just trying to play around with them, with normal people in the Philippines because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, slums here in our country. And um, it's really difficult if you came from, you know, um, a well, yeah, not an average family and you go play around with the slums and something like that, if you get the whole idea. So it really opened up my eye in society that, you know... Um, there shouldn't be any division in society as long as you vibe together. So that's why I got that trait of like, you know, um, um, joining with groups and joining with, you know, clubs with different types of people. So I came to learn that trait. And um, from there, um, I was really different. Um, I was the, that kid who brings his skateboard and skates around the school listening to punk rock music when I was in high school. So I was way different because, of course, the culture is different here. Everyone listens to OPM, original Filipino music. So I was the guy who w- listens to like more of the Western music. So, I was really different um back in high school, and you know things like that
0: <laughs> nice nice you know and, and i've been I've been watching you on the timeline like this is way before you you know I tell people when we have guests up here, it's not people that just pop up and we're like, we want to interview these people like i've you know we've been interacting for a minute uh you put post up there with your family, your, your, your kids, your, you know, you, you've got your stunt, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we, I, I connect with a lot of you guys on some fashion shit. I'm a real fashion head. And um, when, during that time, so the being more Western oriented and, and using that as, as a level of influence that influenced you to become who you are. Do you think that gave you an edge like in society around people because you were getting influenced differently than the average uh, Filipino brother?
1: Uh, yes exactly um, that gave me a whole different image uh, during those days because not everyone listens to western music um, everyone listens to like you know the common Filipino music that is played on the radio or whatever it's played on our local TV uh, that was it and but from that time I was you know listening to like Channel V, Channel V, um, MTV, and stuff like that. Not everyone could could get cable TV during those times. So I was really lucky again to have cable TV at home. So I, I was like, you know, watching MTV, Channel V, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon. So I was really brainwashed with Western influence. So that's, that what separated me from uh, society from that time. So it's it was a really big part of growing up for me.
0: Dope, dope, dope. Super dope. So I'm going to ask you this question. What, um, what's the flip side of that? Were there people who thought you focusing on Western music like you were a sellout? Like, was there any backlash to it?
1: Um, Not at all. Actually, they were really amazed. by you know, I I was the the kid that brings new music to everyone. I'm sort of like that on on the classroom, you know. Like, you know, you need to listen to like Limp Biscuit or you need to listen to Corn or you need to listen to Tool, man, because this is cool. And Filipino music is not cool. So, you know, it's like that before. It has, you know sort of like discrimination (laughs) but um, as time goes by it really evolved over time so actually right now I stopped listening to music you know I'm like just listening to like what I listened to like from high school or from college and I'm more focused on art these days and focused on my family and yeah I wanted to, like, you know, raise my kid uh, differently. Like, I wanted to be there always for her. Um, it's not, like, what how I got raised before because before, yeah, although I have my mom and dad, I was really raised most of the time by my grandma because my grandma just lives next door. So I was always at my grandma's house, that's where I watch TV all the time, listening to music. But yeah, um, that's, that's what I wanted to, you know, put out in, in in the world that um, um, I wanted to raise my daughter um, differently, even though I'm so super busy right now, I wanted to find time to be there for her. And, um, I want I wanted to share as well what it's like to be Skullface in the future, and uh, I wanted to shape up her you know her future
0: moving forward. That's what's up. Let's go ahead and keep spinning this up. You know what I'm saying? We got the homie Skullface in the building, and Skullface is letting us know how real it was when he was growing up. And again, you know, you're the second person Skull uh, here in Web3. That has touched like rock and roll music. You know what I'm saying? And you're doing the merch. It reminds me when we had the homie Scribble on here, he shared that was one of his biggest passions was to make like the rock and roll posters and the merch. So when you started saying that these were some of your influences and what you did, man, I'm bullish on artists that have had a chance to work with music. You know, I feel like there's something about music, man, that when you get people who come from there, you know, like what you shared with us in the Philippines you were what i call a tastemaker back in the day you were influencing people in your community with western music listen to limb biscuit listen to that right and and i can relate i was the kid rocking headphones and this shows how old i am we used to have these yellow walkmans okay with auto reverse and auto reverse meant you were bawling. and if you had the if you had the sony sport you was killing it that means you didn't have to pull your shit out to flip the tape it did it automatically and I used to walk with my headphones on listening to Boogie Down Production, KRS-One, De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest. And a lot of my peers in the Bay Area were on more of the Bay Area climbing shit, right? The Ill-Mannered Posse, the Too Short. And I grew up on that shit too, but I had a good balance. I was more East Coast oriented artist with the West Coast artists, right? So I used to influence cat, you know, cats of the school like, yo, this is Grand Puba. Like, what the fuck is a Grand Puba here? This is a group called Three Times Dope. The fuck is three times? This is Big L, right? So you're a tastemaker, bro. And each time when I tell people about tastemakers, that's what a tastemaker does. Nobody was paying Skullface to tell people about the fucking music. He was excited about the music. So he chose to share the music with people. And that's what a tastemaker is. In my opinion, a tastemaker doesn't need any recognition for something. They're not doing it to get recognition or to get paid. They do it because it's something they're bullish on. I'm bullish on this song and this music, and I want to share it with people when I go. And and and, and I'm glad that you walked this, to that story because, like you said, your art has this perfect balance of dark and light all in the same thing. And understanding that you got that grimy rock fucking foundation, bro, is dope. And I like what you've created, what we've seen so far. So as we continue on this shit, man, so walk us through that, you know, you say your 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 perspective on being a parent, what you want to do with your child, um, how does your how do you your, you said a daughter right? Yes, yeah, it's, uh, okay. it's my daughter. Okay, how does your daughter feel about the art? Do you share the art with your with your daughter?
1: Um, actually, uh, I I'm like you know um putting her to sleep in front of my painting because she's still two months old, so she couldn't like you know digest anything right now, so. Um, but at least right now, um, uh, she or I, I think she can see, but she can't react. But at least uh, I put her to sleep in front of my painting in my um, in my uh, studio. So at least I've done that, you know. Uh, at this, you know, at the early stage. But uh, I'm really excited when she grows up a little bit. And, you know, she when she can understand what is art or, like, what is this and why are those things, I'm really excited for that.
0: Bro, I'm excited for you, too. I'm a girl dad. Um, you know, I tell people that one of my uh, goals here in Web3, I've already accomplished it. And it started back in 2021 when me and the homie Rashad Harrison were like, yo, we're going to go ahead and put together this little project. And we just wanted our daughters to be proud. And the first version of the daps, which is not daps, it was a different project. My daughter watched me create that, you know, created a little cartoon. I wrote the cartoon. I did the voiceover. I animated it, produced the whole thing. And just watching her, you know, Baba, Baba, can I see the funny looking ape? Baba? Look at his face. Like to me, that was so fucking fulfilling, right? It was like because at the end of the day, it's like you want your kids to think you're fucking cool. You get what I'm saying? Like a lot of kids grow up and they look at their parents like, man, you're whack you you has been you're played out i don't relate with you so just for me that little moment right there i'm ever gonna fucking cherish that moment because you know you can't take that away from me and you can't take take that away from us so i'm excited where you take your, your art with your daughter i'm bullish on uh parents who understand what you're doing what we're talking about understand the importance and that are excited to share their work with their kids man so so, so before you got to this place that happened, a kid, right? Like we now we're gonna hop back to like we're, we're in college, like the grind and everything, right? So let, let's walk us through the grind. You know, how did you feel when you started doing these pieces, doing this merch, Testo, Dead Mouse? Like, how did you feel as an artist? Did you feel like you made it?
1: Actually, before everything happened, like you know, working with these people, like what I said, I drop out of you know, college, and went to a Korean company that does storybooks for children, um, I was really still confused because, of course, I'm really, again, I'm really influenced by rock music, and um, I, I was really confused if I wanted to be like, you know, I play, I, I, I also play the drums, so I was really confused if I wanted to be in a band and make money with rock music or I'm just going to, you know, still continue and draw things for, for everyone. So um, I dipped my toes uh, in the Philippine music scene, um, played, played a couple of shows with my friends, with my high school friends. We formed a band. Um, we rec- recorded some stuff. But um, just to be honest, it's, really, it's pretty hard to like you know be in the music scene because um, you need to it, it's either you need to sell out or you just play music as a passion and you, you just get you know the less money out of it because of course there's no streaming there's no like YouTube uh, uh, during those times. So, I was really confused. But um, what I did is I made my drawing uh, hobby into, like, you know, a side hustle. So, I was with this band doing shows. Then at night or if, you know, I'm not doing anything during the day, I go onto my PC and, you know, create artwork. So, when I was, you know, doing this side thing with my drawings, yeah, that that was a time I uploaded stuff on Deviant um, um, DeviantArt, um, hands, sort of like that. Um, then, um, oh, let me tell you about MySpace. Yeah, I grew up a lot of, you know, MySpace stuff. I've been... <laughs> listening to MySpace music and from there um I saw a lot of merch on MySpace like on the timeline of each band. So when I saw those stuff, I fell in love with it. And I was like, hey, I need to create my own merch for my band or like, you know, I need to like create merch for someone, you know, just to get my art into music. You know, so um, so I started creating like uh, merch designs um, and up, started to upload them um, on those portfolio sites. Like there was this um, website called Empties. Empties is like, you know, the, the website for T-shirt designs for almost anything. From, like, you know, lifestyle, is it streetwear, or is it merch for bands? That is, like, our social platform before, so I was balls deep into that website, and from there, I was, you know, from there, I was um, doing a lot of uh, T-shirt of the day uh, awards on that website, so... Uh, it gained a lot of attention from um, like rock bands, especially because also the management and the agencies from from those rock bands uh, goes to that website and they look for artists that wanted to you know, create merch for them, so I was really lucky to score uh, gigs from let's say, New Found Glory uh, I, I scored Um, Projects from Bring Me The Horizons, Suicide Silence, mostly metal bands like, you know, those dark shit, whatever. So I fell in love doing that. So from there, like um, three years doing that, I sort of like, you know, stepping back from making music and wanted to focus more on doing merch. So that's where the how do you call this one? That's like you know the kickoff of my designing career. Like it, uh, uh, I can tell that maybe I'm going somewhere with this um, with this um, project. So the weirdest, um, the, the weirdest uh, project that I scored uh, years ago was doing merch for
0: David Hasselhoff like David Hasselhoff from... Whoa, whoa, British. wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a <sighs> minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Were you doing merch for his music career or his acting career? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Actually,
1: uh, the, the weirdest part is there is this um, uh, UK agency um, that is um, uh, managing the merchandise for Bring Me The Horizon, okay? Bring Me The Horizon, uh, this... Uh, rock band now, um, and at the same time, this agency is handling David Hasselhoff's you uh um, UK tour, where he does like you know the theat- theatrical plays of a pirate like Captain Hook, this uh like theatrical Captain Hook play. So they want they wanted a merch design for that tour. So I scored that gig, and it's pretty weird, but it's awesome. So, yeah, that's that's, Yo, that's one bush. of the weirdest things.
0: <laughs> Yo, that's super super bullish. Like I'll throw a weird thing out there too, since we're throwing weird things out. So one day there was a, there's a there's a restaurant in in Beverly Hills called the Ivy, right? And, uh, and my wife used to when we used to go to L.A. She was like, "We gotta go get to the Ivy. We gotta get to the Ivy." And I didn't care, but Apparently, this is where everybody who's famous, they, you know, there's certain times of the day where they say they're closed, but that's BS. It's open. They just don't want regular people there. So we pulled up, got a table like around two o'clock, supposed to be closed. And we're sitting down and I look over and it looks like Aretha Franklin. Right? I think it was Patti LaBelle, Aretha Franklin. It was one of them. So I'm like, you know, you see people, but, you know, everybody's people. You know, everybody, they just get bigger 1099s. So we're up there eating and everything. And this was the time that I was working with vitamin water. And uh, my wife has always been in the hair industry. So she was like, yo, that's Patty LaBelle. That's Patty LaBelle. I was like, yeah, cool. She was just like, yo, I want to talk to her. I want to talk to her. And that's her hairdresser. So I know that's her. So she went over there, talked to the hairdresser. Hairdresser came, met him. He introduced us to Patty LaBelle. Then he was just like, you know, I introduced myself. Obviously, I used the vitamin water thing, right? I was trying to, you know, not chill, but just, you know, value. And uh, we connected with the hairdresser and he mentioned something about vitamin water to Patty. And let's just say for like the next six months, my wife would talk to that guy and we'll hook him up and send vitamin water to go to wherever they were at. And it's like, it's some weird shit like that. But look, I want to take it off me and I want to put it back on you. And there's one question that I had I wanted to ask you and I couldn't. What was the name of your group when you were playing the drums?
1: My my group was called Maria Campbell. It's like a woman's name. Um, but we play, like, metalcore. You know, you, you know if you were, like, in college and you want to, you know, go uh, headbang and make those crazy rips, you know? So I was into that, more of a death metal, m- metalcore music. Um, so, yeah, Maria Campbell.
0: <laughs> Yo, that sounds hard. You know what I'm saying? That sounds hard. <laughs> Man, so... I like that you say, as soon as you started doing that side merch and all this stuff, you started feeling like you had something at this point. Did you have like a a name for the style that you were creating or it was just an awareness that, okay, I'm cooking different. I got something. And if you had a name, what did you start calling your, your style?
1: Um, just to be honest, um, uh, I was, you know, I was there when Scum was um, talking, right. And, um, uh, Actually, he named his uh, style perfectly. Uh, I just forgot what it was. I'll tell you. I I know.
0: I'm a fan. What was that again? It's Chicano Futurism. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm a big fan of Chicano Futurism.
1: Yeah. But for me, I'm still in that phase that I can't label what I'm doing. But at least I'm there I'm trying to mix my influence. Like, for example, I have this, you know, skulls, zombies, monsters, those all those dark stuff, but I apply vibrant light colors into it. You know, to just to create that contrast, just to create that attention, you know. Um I, I don't wanna like, you know, do dark stuff and you know, color it with much darker, you know, gore shit, whatever shit that is. So I want to create something different, you know? I want to, like, again, I want to, you know, pull eyes on that thing I'm doing, which is I think it's doing well. But uh, right now, as we speak, I couldn't name my style (laughs) because I'm still work in progress right now i'm still in the experimentation s- stage um mo- like mo- mo- um our w- i'm new as well in web3 so i'm kind of bit you know adjusting again but at least i brought my style in to this space and i'm still figuring out right now um What
0: should I call the the style? Man, take your time, brother. Take your time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Definitely. I know boxes are not, you know, boxes are not cool. You know, and like you said, I like breaking rules and and, and fuck, you know, someone calling it something. You know, I just usually ask those questions because as a person who's not as talented as people like you, Scribble Scum, and, you know, all you dope artists. You know, we like to, us fans like to kind of get an understanding of what we are looking at. You know, like Scribble's in the audience. Shout out to Scribble. Like, every single time I see his work after the show, like, I dig it. I get all the shit that he's doing, and I'm a fan. And the same thing with your work. Like, I never I never knew I was looking at what I was looking at until you explained and said, look, man, this is in- influenced by some dark shit. It's monster skulls, zombies with these colors. And and even though it was right in front of my face, I never saw it like that. You get what I'm saying? It's like, like, the art engages me in a different way. Like, you know and I and, and it's funny because like i see like i feel good looking at it there's nothing that's like wow this is some wild dark ass shit it's just like wow the colors so the colors has one part of my brain like excited and it mutes out what you're looking at so i'm bullish on it and are you sure this is only your second interview bro cuz the way you're cooking at this man it's like you've done this shit before are you just you appear playing with this bro you sure you not you don't do these a lot <laughs> <coughs>
1: Actually, uh, just to give you a, a another story that we skipped uh, from my history is um, uh, before pandemic, I was living in Dubai for four years. That's why I, you know, I have this, you know, conversational stuff, and I got, you know, really, really got trained to speak in front of people or like, you know, talk to people. So I was really exposed to talking with different um uh different kinds of people from you know the Eastern uh, Middle East and you know also in my, my bosses and my um my colleagues were Australian and um from the UK from Portugal. So I was really exposed to like you know speaking more of English and communi- communicating with people.
0: Dope. Dope, dope, dope. So what were you doing in Dubai?
1: Actually, there was a point that um, uh, I really needed more um, um, input into, like, you know, designing and more ideas on how designers work in first world countries. So I, I had this job offer... During around two thousand seven or two, uh no, uh twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, I got this opportunity to work in Dubai. I had a friend who works in a big company, and he wanted me to, he wants me to, uh, he wanted to hire me as his junior designer in Dubai. So uh, for me, I was like, you know, um, maybe I could gain more ideas more stuff and how things work in a first world country so i'm down uh so i went to dubai uh took this job as a graphic designer for like this uh distributors of phones like huawei and uh, xiaomi and samsung sort of like that i create banners for websites i create uh uh, posters for new, you know new products so I was exposed to this stuff like marketing and um, solely the whole thing how the company operates so it, it really helped me a lot on how I can sell or like you know how can I create an artwork that is appealing to people so, I took this chance to, you know, it's like a going to college, but, you know, it's the real thing. Like, you're really working, you know, because, I, again, I, I'm not a, I, I'm a college dropout, and I need I need to understand more uh, about things, you know, like how you run big things. I have this, you know, drive of learning. So, I took that chance. I went to Dubai, stayed there for four years um, doing graphic design at the same time doing my art at night when I come home. And um, pandemic struck, okay? Pandemic struck, and there's a lot of, you know, salary cuts. And, of course, uh, I I, I don't want to hide this, but um, I also experienced, you know, inequality for Asians in somewhere. So, um, so we have, you know, uh, less salary than the usual. So, and pandemic struck, they had salary deductions. So, I couldn't pay my rent. I couldn't pay my utility. So, I have to, you know, leave Dubai and um, go back to Philippines and maybe focus on my stuff
0: so yeah, that's that. <laughs> bro, bullish, bullish, bullish. So when when you when when that situation happened, um, like actually, I'm gonna go back first and say getting the college shit, bro. I got kicked out of I got kicked out of art school. You know what I'm saying? So it's um you know I feel like our paths are written the way they are, right? It's like my intention was to go get a degree so I could make film. You know I'm a writer director, and you know, the college I went to was one of the top art schools in the United States. It's called Academy Art College and um, gave me a full ride scholarship. You know, I thought it was done. But what they did is they had pre-approved a lot of people just to get a lot of people in. And then they try to hit you up with money if your shit didn't go through. So I feel like that's the best thing that ever happened to me. Right. Because when I started learning like to shoot on my own, like, you know, I bought like a Sanyo handheld camera from uh, Radio Shack back in the day. And said it was like 720p and it was whack. But I started like shooting little things on it. And then I bought like a Canon elf, those little small Canon elf cameras. Right. And you couldn't really do too much, but it did little small MP4s. Then I got a 5D Mark II and then I started learning about Magic Lantern, 5D Mark III, five, like and started shooting more stuff, black magic, r- uh, red camera, like all these things. But I feel like I wouldn't have been as dope as I am. To be more like i could do different things like i know lighting i know how to work the camera you know and when you go there a lot of my friends yeah they they were able to work at pixar in certain places but they were so limited in their scope they were just trained to do one thing right so it's kind of like when i worked with certain people and i bring them on my set and my set's a little bit unconventional they're like no i'm just a gaffler i'm like bro you could be whatever you want it's like no nah, no nah, i just do this i don't want to confuse things And I do respect the union. I do respect how things work. And when you have specialists, you're able to do so much more, right? Everybody's got a specialty. But for me, I'm thankful that I have a range of experience and expertise that I can pull from and use maybe to communicate better to one of my arts, the artists I'm working with, right? Or show somebody what I really mean. So with you being kicked out of uh, school in Dubai, and I probably already know the answer to this because you're a rule breaker. How did those things make you feel when that happened? You know what I'm saying? Was it like fuel for the fire?
1: Actually, it's I, I take it as a motivation. So um, I take it as a motivation because um, I I think is in me that is you know I I have this trait of like I wanna learn something like almost every day or I if if I have this opportunity I would take this and I would you know I would take it to another level. So I have this spirit of, you know, um, moving forward. So that's why I went to Dubai. And, well, unfortunately, it didn't work out for me. So I'm still, I still have this drive, to you know, until I went to Web3. I still have this drive, you know, like I want to be different. I want to do things my way. I want to introduce new stuff for people. I want to, you know, um, to also help the developers with my ideas. You know, I have this idea. Maybe this could work. So maybe we can try this. Something like that. You know?
0: That's what's up, man. It's always good to try. I love people who think outside the box. That's where usually where we get the good shit at. You know what I'm saying? Is when we think out the box and just try different things and question things. I'm a big. There's you know I'm a big fan of questions. That's how I got to where I'm at today, talking to you guys, asking questions. Yo, how the fuck do I do that? Yo, how'd you do that? Where can I learn that at? What's, what's, what's Cork Express, right? Like when I went to Academy Art College, I, I had an opportunity to work at Kinko's. This is when, uh, Kinko's was, you know, before FedEx bought them. And I, you know, I learned how to do graphic design stuff. Like it was Cork, Cork Express, you know, Photoshop and things like that. So, you know, just like you said, I'm able to talk to anybody like I, know, I, c- I can get in Photoshop. I know how to use Illustrator. You get what I'm saying? It's like these are things that just, you know, these tools are very important today in society, you know. So, yo, man, I'm, this is this is what's up. This, that's why I love doing these shows, bro. Like when I was interacting with you on the timeline, I'm going to be honest with you. I never like looked at your bio to find out who the fuck you were. Like I didn't care about like where you came from. Not saying I didn't wanna know more about you, but I just enjoyed interacting with you on the timeline, right, your comments that you make. You know, same thing with Ghost Lord. Like, you guys be dropping wisdom. You guys be dropping game on the timeline. If people really watch, they could really learn some stuff about being mindful, about believing in yourself, about being (laughs) bullish on yourself, you know what I'm saying? And that's what I was getting from you. Like, a lot of artists, um, first of all, every artist has a gift and a contribution. But when I see certain people in the timeline that got a certain sense of an identity of knowing who they are and just fucking around, I get bullish on that and I become a fan. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a fan of any musicians except Hov. I'm a big Hov fan. I listen to a lot of Jay-Z, a lot of Hov, Nas, Big L. But when it comes down to art, man, I'm going to say I'm a fan of every fucking artist that I've had on this show because through talking to you guys, you guys have continued to share culture. You know, it's important. I talk a lot about hip-hop, but rock and roll, Limp Bizkit. Fucking uh, 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 what do you call it? What's that group Uh, like the black parade dude? I was playing when I found out Liberty had something to do with that Do you understand I used to play that fucking song that video like you know what I'm saying? So I grew up in that MTV era where it wasn't a lot of rap It was mixed rock and rap, you know what I'm saying? So I'm happy you got we got people out here pushing for the rock and pushing for the Grammy and pushing for the edge and the rebellion You know what I'm saying? Because it's all part of our society so I just want to say DAPS Nation, we in the building right now. We looking beautiful tonight. It is Sunday. I want to appreciate everybody for hanging out right now. You could be sitting back with your feet up, watching something on TV. You know what I'm saying? You could be doing some bullshit, but you're hanging out tonight with me and the homie Skull Face. Shout out to NFT Kid. Listen, I'm going to put people in light whenever they pull up. That brother, man, he came up to the show. He does a lot for the art community. He has a show where he has people come up and he's like, share your art with me. What are you working on? And people tell this story, and he buys the art. Yo, NFT kid, keep doing what you're doing, man. For real, for real, like dope. But Skull, you don't even have to raise your hand, man. This is your motherfucking stage, pimp. Talk to me.
1: Um, I just want to say that, um, uh, me personally, uh, with this journey, um, actually, I wanted to like you know, uh, write a good story for myself. Like, as an artist, I wanted to write a good story to share to people. That's why I've been doing this my whole life, and I'm trying to dedicate art with my entire life because I've been, like, doing this for 15 years. Uh, I'm sort of, like, you know, really – I'm really an adult. I feel, I feel like a, a full-grown adult right now, but I want to finish my whole story – as an artist until the end. So that's what I wanted to say to, to the artists out there, that if you want to, you know, if you want to do art and you want to dedicate art into your life, then I think you could, you know, come up with a really good story as well. Because for me, I think this is my whole life, you know, just doing art, just sharing what I want wanted to do as a kid and until now that i'm you know full-grown uh adult i still want to create something create create until my hands stop functioning you know so this is what i'm trying to say Uh, i wanted to create a story and i hope that uh any artist in here want to embody that you know ethos
0: well man like when i look at your pfp and listen, guys, take a look at this PFP. You've got a vibe and a style. Like, like when like look, I've I I, I haven't seen anything like this. The color combination, the character stands out, right? And look, man, I'm the, the other day, Z Shark put something out. And if you guys are not following Z Shark, get get away from the throw your phone out the window, like fast. Like go to the highest room of your house and take your phone and throw it hella fast and make sure it hits the ground and breaks and you never use the phone again. He he did a post of some things he went through to get to where he's at with his project, right, about leaving his family, leaving the country, all these things. And I, and I feel like I'm the same way, right? Like I'm on this project, you have no fucking idea. We're writing a book in real time. And look, there's things I don't talk about and I'll never talk about because it's happening. When when history is being made right like when Thomas Edison was trying to do that light bulb He wasn't sitting there making the light bulb like I'm fucking making history. They are gonna fucking know about me He was like nah, I'm gonna make this motherfucker work and he didn't care about what the fuck happened until it worked So what you talking about man? I believe that's the way it is and I know you're gonna make your mark like that because you already got a spark Right now that I'm feeling that I'm seeing and I think everybody in this room can agree, right? When you look at people like Warhol, when you see the soup cans, you see a vibe. When you look at Marikami and you see those little pretty little flowers, you see a vibe. When you see calls and you see those double X's and you see that marshmallow, man, it's a vibe, bro. I think you got the exact same thing. I say this earlier on the show, man. I am humbled and I'm fucking lucky as fuck to be here on Solana with the dopest motherfucking artists that I've met. Um, I've been fired up for the last couple of shows, man, just talking. I look at you guys as the greats. And the reason why I say greats, right? It's not, I don't believe one person is better than another. Everybody has a different way they express what they're doing. But I talk a lot of shit about culture. Talk a lot of shit about music. And I look at you artists as the motherfucking streets. I look at you guys as the mixtape artists, the mixtape DJs that are making dope shit to influence people who like dope shit. And then now you appear scaling what you're doing and the world's going to know about you. So I'm going to say, look, never give that shit up. Keep pushing with that same idea because you're making it happen right now, bro. So, you know, for some of you guys who just came in here, man, this brother on the stage right here has touched a lot of high level brand assets with his hands. Right. Whether it was from the the merch side of things. But I want to jump a little bit further, man. And I want to talk about how you got involved with Disney, this Mickey Mouse thing. Share some of this with us.
1: Um, actually, um, I got this friend from uh, Sydney, Australia. Um, he, he's the guy who's been tapped with different sort of big brands in, you know, and in, in Australia for their activation stuff. Like, for example, uh, he, he has done um, a, lo- a lot of stuff with Star Wars. He has done with a lot of, you know, Mickey Mouse, Disney, and Sesame Street, all those big brands. Okay, and I was, uh, he contacted me to do a piece for Mickey Mouse's 90th birthday. So, it's like 100 artists from around the world to create their own take on Mickey Mouse. And he's going to install it in in a park or in a mall in Sydney and exhibit it. With and branded it with Disney and Mickey Mouse as well. So I was really lucky to be involved with that. So he was the guy who picked me up for the project, and after after a few months from that, I was the same guy hired me um, for Sesame Street as well. So I was like, you know, I was his go-to guy from Manila to create. (laughs) something for for these brands so i was really lucky to meet the guy uh shout outs to eddie zamet from sydney he, he's the guy who's responsible for giving me, me these projects.
0: yo shout out to him too man because that's some big boy talk right there <laughs> you know what i'm saying that's the big boy talk man you know we all want to touch some kind of ip that's gigantic and at the end of the day sesame street disney Star Wars you got me there man that's some of the top IP period in the fucking universe you know what I'm saying um I'm inspired by Disney as well I can't wait to share with you what we're doing with daps once we fully launch because it is an IP play and I promise you and I guarantee you you you're gonna have some beautiful art to fuck with and we'll talk a little bit about that but I you get the picture it's really about IP and when artists are able to like you take an artist from a different time and you give them an asset like that and they add their contribution on that. That's how we keep art moving forward. And that's how we keep influencing culture. You know what I'm saying? It's like we just keep moving it down. That's dope, man. So how did all this come together for you to end up here in Web3? How did you first Were you a crypto hustler on the side? How did you land here in Solana? Actually, I have no
1: freaking idea how I got into Web3. But uh, during pandemic, um, you know, everyone's like just on their PC, watching YouTube, watching Instagram and all those shit. And uh, I saw this thing called NFT, okay? NFT and there is art. So it got me interested. So, I researched a lot uh, on YouTube and, like, uh, joining Twitter again because I left Twitter way, way back because, you know, it's boring. There's nothing in there. But when I discovered NFT, quote, unquote, NFT, I was really interested and I was really curious how this could work for me because... I create artworks, right? And I want to explore that side of, you know, creating artworks. Because, um, of course, right now, not many people here in the Philippines could understand NFT and crypto. And, of course, I'm not a crypto trader. I have no idea. I can't read codes. I don't even know those wallet address. What does that mean? So <laughs> I, I, I don't have any background on blockchain but uh, when I started exploring NFTs uh, I get to you know I get the hang of it so I started uh, I started small I joined the Tezos community and started you know uploading stuff on uh, minting stuff on objects and uh, I gained friends through that uh, community as well but uh when i was you know exploring the timeline on twitter i soon enough discovered solana because solana was you know really big during when solana was you know at all time high 200 dollars plus something like that so it you know it got my curiosity and started to look for artists in Solana. And until I found out, like, um, Solana has less gas fees. So, like, oh, this is an opportunity because in Ethereum, uh, it's a lot. You know, sometimes if I wanted to mint something on Ethereum, it cost me like 600 bucks. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I, I would spend that much to mint something. So I wanted to, you know, take the next step. Maybe I, I wanted to, you know, explore Solana after Tezos. So when I joined Solana, um, I came to love every bit of, you know, every bit of the culture in Solana because there's a lot of really, 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 incredible artist and there's a lot of like, you know, fun people, um, um, really interesting people, really, you know, successful people in Solana, in the Solana space. So that's why I I pursued in it. Then eventually I met the people at the ministry, Toshi, Dolly. I met a lot of people along the way. Um, They helped me. Um, you know, um, get more confidence in the Solana space, so they helped me a lot, especially Dali and Toshi, um, so then I came to make a lot of friends in the space as well, like scum, I had I had a lot of friends in the Google community eventually. So I was really happy in the Solana space. And I think I'll be here for quite some time. Or maybe if time permits, we'll be all in to Solana. So right now, I'm all in for Solana.
0: Bullish, 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 bullish. And I like how you brought up Tezos because we've had some people here that have been artists on Tejo. Shout out to Low Sleazy and Kane Mayfield, some of the uh, artists, some of the homies from the East side. Kane is a board ape holder. You know what I'm saying? He's an MC. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, Lowe has created one of the first songs on Bitcoin, not on the ordinals. He was doing this shit. He's a, uh, I forgot foundation and all that other stuff, right? So these are my homies before Solana, right? I was a clubhouse and a lot of my friends were from ETH and they're artists as well. So. I'm happy you shared that to show a progression that at the end of the day, we just out here, man. And when you're cooking and you're working on something and you're passionate, you just keep doing it and you go to where it feels good and you never know where it leads you. So I'm always bullish on artists that explore different things because you never know where you go, right? They say success begins in the unknown. You already know what you know until you step outside of that box and jump into the unknown, the void. That's where you start creating that real shit. And, and that's fucking dope, bro. I'm really excited as you're sharing your story with me. But yeah, dude, that's I'm excited about that. Now, I got a question for you. What would you share or what advice do you have for artists that are on the come up right now? You know what I'm saying? They're looking to touch big IP. They're looking to expand their brand presence in the marketplace. What advice do you have for those artists?
1: I've been asked around with the same question here locally in our country. So um, what is the biggest answer for that I think it's just you know keep the fire burning inside you as an artist and most importantly just be consistent because there's a lot of artists that are really really good but uh, if something came up or something is wrong, they get lost and it breaks the consistency in it. Because if you're just being consistent with what you're doing, man, you don't like what you said, it's a void. You don't know what, what will come, you know, and maybe you could land the next big project that you have right now. So you just Need to be consistent and just be there, you know, and try to establish, you know, um, uh, sort of uh, a branding for as an artist as well, because that is really important, and um, and you you need to speak about your art, you know, you need to talk about your art as well, so so people could resonate not just visually but also the way you talk and the, the way you speak uh, with them, you need to communicate with the community as well. So there's a lot of things is like, keep the passion up, keep the fire burning, just be consistent, be consistent, fight for it to be consistent. And of course you need to talk, you need to communicate, you need to connect with people. I think that's the best uh the, the best equation for a successful
0: designer,
1: in my opinion.
0: Yeah, man, I think your opinion matters. I believe what you're saying. I think I think more artists need to hear that. And and what I love about this space, at the end of the day, this is, this is like the laugh factory, right? If you guys take a look around everybody in the room, everybody in this room is doing something. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's passionate about something. Shout out to Juggernaut. You know, I didn't know Juggernaut was an artist until he sent me a Juggernaut version of my PFP that I have right here. You know what I'm saying? And I was bullish because it was the first time somebody just took something and just shared it with me. Juggernaut, you're the first artist to create a one of one. I'm always going to remember that and for that, definitely going to take care of you that because I was bullish and you just, I mean, shit, I've got a one of one daps uh, creation that, that's dope as fuck. You know what I'm saying? So when artists Share, You know, these are small circles. This is a small community. If we can uplift each other and share knowledge, that's how we get there, right? My 10,000 hours is there at your disposal if you have a question. You know, the information you shared right now, maybe there's an artist in here that's struggling to find how to have a voice. What do I say? How do I say it? And if we continue doing things like this and sharing stuff like that, that's how we get better as a community, right? If a chair has four legs and you sit down, the chair won't fall. But a chair with two legs, you sit down on it's shaky. And a, chair, a chair with one leg you'll bust your head open so I, I come from a village type of environment and uh i am a product of an of a village like i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my team right you we cardboard cliff the gully you know even everybody in the room man that's that that has ever interacted with me they know how i get down you know what i'm saying so that's the reason why i asked that question i want to add more content like that into these spaces. So as people replay them, they can get more value. I mean, your story is value, but a, a how-to is also very valuable as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, so sh- share with me, like, like, like. let's talk about some of your cultural in- influences. Like, you know, you're a dad now, you're doing the art now, you know, you're, 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 and we'll talk more about some of the stuff when you exchange art. But what are some of the things that you do when you're not doing art?
1: Um, actually what I do is, um, I didn't, uh, share this, uh, earlier, but, um, I do have a streetwear brand here in the Philippines called Nick Automatic. Um, you can find that, um, on Instagram on my profile. Uh, yeah. Um, I I have a brand, uh, streetwear brand, so that's what I'm doing, uh, aside from Web3. So I create, you know, T-shirts, jackets, uh, pants. I design some stuff, in there the prints. And at the same time, I work. I still work with the music industry now, uh, in the Philippines. But I'm more on dressing those musicians, like you know, uh, giving them shirts to wear. And uh, uh, sometimes I ride my bike. You know, I sometimes I. Go on my motorcycle, just go to the hills and you know, just breathe fresh air and you know, come home to my daughter and my wife, you know, and just you know, it's just really simple. Um just go on my bike, just draw stuff and um, you know, take care of my little kid and the family.
0: Man, you got me I'm uh, bricked. You say you got the, the streetwear fashion. What are we cooking here, man. Are you doing salvage denim over there, Skullface?
1: I'm um, actually right now um, because my brother, uh, which is uh, he, he followed my footsteps here in Manila. Because of course we are not from Manila; we're from the central part of the Philippines. Um, actually, he followed me here in Manila, and he created his own company. Um, uh, his company is doing, um, you know, uh, garments. He he does the garments. Um, he creates jackets. You know us any any material that we could find here in the Philippines that is available, we create it into, you know, something that we can wear. So, I'm working with him with my streetwear brand, and um, we're just helping each other. And you know, uh, we just create something that we can, you know, what we can find here in the Philippines. Let's say if we have denim, then why not? We create denims. So if we have those um really good fleece uh textiles fabrics then we create hoodies you know something like that anything that we can you know we can get from the market we create it and we turn it into an awesome product
0: man and if you guys weren't here early earlier uh skullface is part of scums uh, project that he just dropped and he's got a limited edition t-shirt drop with scum shirts fire man you don't want to miss that if you're in the fashion you know what I'm saying Not fashion like pulling up rocking balasanga like that's a different kind of stunt. when you when you know what I'm talking about you know you got the right kind of denim the sneakers that culture you got to have a skull face shirt uh, t-shirt to go with it and I'm looking forward to rocking some skull face gear man and seeing what you what you have on your uh, in your catalog on your brand I'm a big streetwear fan. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter how old you are. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to monologue story real quick. I met a dude back in the day named Vince Engel, right? And this is uh, a time when I was working at an advertising agency called, called Low Linters and Partners. And at the time, they had like Mark Cuban before he sold his company. And the first day I started working, I had a jersey on that said Rucker Park. It was a baby blue jersey. And I had these baby blue Air Force Ones. And when I pulled up um, I started, you know, doing my thing as far as distributing mail because I, I, I got a job in the mailroom. If anybody ever wants to learn anything about an organization, you start in the mailroom. You learn everybody. You know who does what and who you need to talk to. And I started walking and the first day, I'm walking out of the mailroom and I'm filling myself. Levi's, 501s, Baby Blue Air Force Ones, Deadstock, Rucker Park jersey with a white t-shirt underneath, Baby Blue. And then all of a sudden, this big tall Scottish dude with curly hair was like, Hey, man, where'd you get that jersey from? And I looked at him. I was like, what do you mean? This is Rucker Park. What are you talking about? You don't know about this here. And he was like, bro, I know about that. Come in my office. And I go in his office and he showed me pictures in his office of him playing with the GOAT at Rucker Park. Right. And Vince Ingo had Air Force Ones on his feet. So I, I looked at him because he was older. You know, I was like, yo, what, you, you rocking Air Force Ones? He goes, yeah, I used to work for Nike. I was the creative director when Nike created the Jordan brand and i met him at that point and i was doing mail fast forward he's still in my life as a friend right each time we've met and talked we always start with shoes always start with shoes and he's bullish he always has a pair of clean ass air force ones or some clean ass canvas adidas a campus adidas just so you know at the end of the day man fashion is kind of like a thing that we connect with you know what i'm saying it's like sometimes it's a handshake sometimes it's a vibe of music you know sometimes you see how somebody's dressed and you just see their drip and you just like look man i don't know who you are bro but i dig what the fuck you're doing and the fact that you create art and you're making clothes people wear and you broke it down and said i just like drawing and i'm doing this shit with my family man that's the 360 bro you know what i'm saying and i'm super bullish on you because it looks like you're having fun man are you having fun Oh, of
1: course, man. Um, yeah, that's what what I'm trying to uh, say here. That um, from my past, that I've been like doing merch, then I channeled myself to create my own streetwear brand, and here I am in Web three trying to you know um, put it out there. So it's still uh, it, it's part of my journey, and um, yeah, it's the whole equation of you know how, what is skullface? face. Uh, is made, you know, Uh, like merch, fabrics. Then we go to like solid illustrations and everything. It's the perfect equation for any streetwear or any artwork that is around. During so much more in this era of like, you know, art is really big right now. Streetwear is really big right now. So uh, I'm trying, I'm just, you know, I'm just there uh, on the correct path. Um, I'm just and I'm really enjoying it and it it, the whole process of it is really exciting so I'm really happy to have this you know you have this uh path that I'm making
0: (laughs) man I'm gonna ask you something that I've been I wanted to this was supposed to be the first question but it wasn't the first question I think it's the perfect time for this question now why did you call yourself Skullface? how did you get that name
1: Um, just to be honest, I'm really fond of, yeah, I'm really fond of drawing skulls. I'm really fond of drawing zombies. I'm, I'm really fond of doing Grim Reapers and like, you know, the influence of death melt, the influence of punk rock. What do you see? Skulls. Skulls everywhere. So, um, I wanted to name myself as, you know, that guy, you know, that guy with, um, vibrant colors. At the same time, it has skulls. So I
0: came up with the name Skullface. <laughs> I like what you said. I wanted to be that guy. <laughs> when people think of the gritty, grimy shit, it's like that Skull Face over there, bro. That's fucking dope. <laughs> That's definitely dope. Hey man, we we up here cooking, man. We're gonna keep this going. I'm gonna let open up the stage. If you have some questions for uh for the homie Skullface, now is your time to come up as we start cooking up some of these questions and you we know, gonna start you know closing it down. This is a rare opportunity. Not only do you get a chance to meet some of the greatest artists and people that are pushing culture here in Web3 and in the real world. You get to do it in an environment that is intimate like this. You know what I'm saying? And remember, when we do these shows, it doesn't matter how many people are in the room. This ain't about the people in the room. This is about the culture, and this is leaving our mark in history, right? These episodes are are recorded for a reason. You know, five years from now, 10 years from now, you know, your kids, our kids, people are going to be able to look back and see, what the fuck were these motherfuckers doing around 2023, 2022? And they're going to be able to pull back to this and see our contribution to culture, see our contribution to these stories. And see where you're at, you know. So, where do you where do you see yourself in the future? Like, what is all this leading up to, Skullface?
1: Um, actually, right now I'm just really focused on my own project called The Bone Army. Um, if you can see, I have been like doing those apes, so um, I'm really just invested on that. Because um, um, we we have a lot of stuff uh waiting to be rolled out for the holders for that one uh, maybe like art toys and um uh posters and you know any sort of art that i can you know uh give to my, my holders and I, I, at the same time i'm still studying the blockchain and the nft ecosystem how how it works for it. but for now i'm looking at you know you know creating art toys for my collectors And at the same time, I wanted to, like, you know, uh, I'll be working a lot more with the ministry, Toshi's ministry. So, they have uh, a lot of ideas for me. And uh, for now, I'm just, you know, I'm just going with the flow. But uh, the bigger picture is, uh, the bigger picture for me is uh, if I could, like, you know, uh, exhibit some artworks during NFT NYC. Um and those um Amsterdam uh, meetups or like sort of like that, uh, I just wish that uh, my artwork could be like somewhere else, not just in Philippines or just in Twitter or like whatever. I wanted to. Uh, I want my artwork to you know explore it. Uh, explore the places. You know, I, I want to be in there as uh, so, well. Uh, not uh, not personally, but you know. I want my artwork to speak and to, you know, be an and be an entity uh, that could work on its own. So I don't know how can I make that happen, but right now I'm just really focused on the work. So let's see, let's see. It, 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 there's no harm in dreaming big. So I'm here and doing that.
0: Just dreaming big, man. It starts with a dream, and you know, look, uh, Skullface. I want to introduce you to somebody, man. When you look down there, you see that perp, that that perp, that yellow character. Says Liz Baket. You know what I'm saying? This is Liz Baket. Is the artist that has helped make the DAP's vision come to life. This is my brother, man. He's he's shy. He doesn't like to talk a lot. He's in Indonesia. But I was at him. I was like, bro, you got to pull up, man. You got to like, don't sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to come and meet some of the greatest artists, man, that are cooking out here in Solana, man. So um, it's good to see him. He tried to come up to the stage and his shit got rugged. But yeah, if you guys want to know the artist behind my PFP and all the shit we're doing, at daps, it's that brother down there, Liz Paquette. Liz Baquette, make sure you give Skullface a follow. You know what I'm saying? Um, Yeah, man. Dude, I'm, I'm this. This has been a dope ass interview, bro. Um, I'm really bullish on you. Like I say, you know, before the art stuff, before all that stuff, I just appreciate your energy on the timeline. You know, I'm an energy person. You know, you follow some people. You know, a lot of people are getting a lot of negative things right now in the blockchain. Listen, I'm not seeing nothing negative. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe my mom dropped me as a kid, kid. But life is the ebb and flow. You could have the worst things happening in your life and having the best things happening in your life at the exact same fucking time. It's up to you to focus, to, to choose what you want to focus on, right? And for me, I choose on focusing moving forward and I focus on the things that I feel like I have better return, right? We could sit here and talk about Things going down, but what, what is that gonna do? It's gonna make us pessimistic about doing dope shit to keep this culture moving forward. We could talk about how down bad we are, but the more we talk about being down bad, I just believe you're gonna be more down bad because you're putting attention to it. So when Carvor was like, Yo, you know, what do you think about Skullface? Carvor will let you know. I was like, Yep, done. <laughs> that's that's somebody who's dope, man. As long as I have a platform, you have a platform. And we're going to talk offline because some of your goals and your desires, you know, our roadmap of what we're doing for the DAPs Collective and also the DAPs brand, there's some things that I think there's some synergy on. And with the ministry, that's a good place to be at, right? I like some of the stuff that peanut 420 was doing with some of his, like, IRL installations with that little devil horn character, right? And it's all about taking your art as many places as you can take it. That's why I was bullish when, like, Cause did the, uh, the collaboration with Kellogg's. Right. And I got boxes of cause cereal, you know what I'm saying? Like that i will never open, you know, because this is an artist who will do a collaboration with a Kellogg's and he'll do a collaboration with a Supreme. You know what I'm saying? I got the skateboards, you know, I got the Hennessy cause bottle. It was funny when, when that Hennessy came out, it was just a regular price of Hennessy. But now if you put cause Hennessy bottle, it's $2,000 a bottle. You know what I'm saying? So I'm bullish on, on, on you and your openness to want to explore different palettes and, and and create in different areas. I'm bullish on that because it shows you're bullish on yourself and you see no limitation in the universe. You know, I want you to take this as high as you want to take it. I want I want you to take this as far as you're going to take it. And like I tell everybody who comes in the show and everybody who knows who I am, look, I put my life and my sweat into this shit. This is what I do. And if I can help you move forward or do anything or even have my voice be able to, you know, do something for you, just let me know because it's nothing. you already put in your 10,000 hours and since you believe in yourself, I believe in you. And any artist listening to this, it's the biggest and the best currency you can have as a person as an audience, belief in yourself, confidence. That's what people are bullish. That's what people buy. It's the confidence you have in yourself to want to create stuff and share it, to want to with to endure fucking to eat shit and don't say that you eat shit. Eat shit and tell everybody life's great. People are bullish on that because at the end of the day, when they buy your work, they know what they're buying. I'm buying this. I'm buying this. Do you know this motherfucker was in the Philippines and he was telling people about fucking Western music? I'm bullish on that. Right. Everybody remembers the story of Mike Dell in his car with his wife, writing the business plan before he got his deal. Everybody. I don't know if you know the story of Elon and what's his name? uh, The guy who had Palantar when they created uh, PayPal or eBay, they had one computer. And during the day, the website was hosted on the computer, and at night, they were doing the code on the same fucking computer. So at night, if you try to go on the website, the shit was fucked up because they only had one computer, and they lived in their office, and they used to take showers at the YMCA. So when you sit and see Elon today, and people are like, oh, he's got all the money in the world, and they see your homie, and I'm forgetting the name, the guy who owns Palantar, and, and the other guys who are part of that eBay situation, it's easy to see how much money they have. But do you know what they had to do to get there? That's why we do this show. It's important for you guys to understand the people that you're collecting. It's important for you to understand the people in your community. So when they ask for your support, you don't hesitate. You get behind the real ones because you know they've been out here building, bro. So this is dope, man. This has been a movie, man. And uh, like I said, anything that you're working on, anything that you're doing, you're part of our family now. And to solidify this relationship that we have, Listen, you're joining one of the most, and I'm going to say this out loud, you're joining one of the most exclusive groups of tastemakers, period, in Web3. And I say Web3 because we have people in our community from multiple chains. It's not just a Solana thing. Solana's our home. But when you look at the people who've been DAP listed, it's across different blockchains, Ethereum, Polygon, Solana, Bitcoin, and we're all meeting here on Solana. So tonight, brother, I'm giving you your Sapphire card. And there's only about 39 or 38 holders of this card. And starting next week, is going to be contacting everybody with a Sapphire card to give them their Discord room, well, room, their Discord role. But I want you to understand this. This is important because when we started with, with the DAPS list, we didn't want to just create a white list to get as many people as possible in our project. There's a method to the madness. It's about finding some of the dopest people who can move culture. Listen to what I'm saying. I don't need people who want to get chilled to talk about culture. People who do this shit because they do it. Oscar the Grouch does his shit because he does it. Ghost Lord does his shit because he fucking does it. Juggernaut. Ryan is, I don't know if he's an artist, but this motherfucker stays sending me shit that's dope. Future, man, look, I told Future, he's the unofficial ambassador of fucking daps. The motherfucker get on and start talking that shit. AC, Jacob, anybody who reaches out, man, you guys are tastemakers because at the end of the day, When you have somebody like, and he's not here tonight, like Poco, right? He has a beer, D-God's beer. How many people have real beers out here in the motherfucking stores? Not that many. That's why he's here, right? So we wanted to find the best people, period. And we found them, and we're finding them. But why do you want to have the best people in one group? That's the question people keep asking me. Why are you trying to get everybody in one fucking group? What's your fucking sneaky idea, bro? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it is. It's the same thing that Tiffany does, the same thing that Nike does, the same thing that Mercedes does. I'm gonna say this loud and clear because we know our value. You find the dopest motherfuckers and you build the best IP and you work with them and they help create culture and they help push that shit forward. We're not gonna be out here paying influencers. We've paid zero influencers. Don't need to. This is not for everybody right now. This is for those who can see what we're doing and those who can see we're gonna build, uh, build value for you And and that's all I can say. So tonight, Skull Face, I want to present you with your Sapphire card. Uh, At the end of season one, there are no more honorary Sapphire cards. You know what I'm saying? And the only other way to get a Sapphire card outside of being on this show is if you have a black card, a platinum card, and a rose gold, and you burn those three cards is the only way you can join the Sapphire uh, lounge. You know what I'm saying? So there's a little method to the madness. And wait until we get to our IP part of what we're doing with DAPS. If you slept on it, you're going to kick yourself in the fucking ass because I wish I could tell you. And as a kid, you guys can hear the kid joy in my voice. Like, this has all been done pre-mint. We didn't create DAPS Radio is not our mint thing. This is not, hey, come to, no, this is not. This is for the culture. This is who I am. Jab, 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 right hook. We want to show you the value that we have before we ask for anything. So any member of my community of DAPS, of the Sapphire Lounge, if you need anything, brainstorming and introductions. If you need somebody, you need to get on the stage to tell your story about your shit. You got it, because you're part of the team. So tonight, you join that group, bro. And again, I appreciate your energy, and I appreciate your time, and I appreciate your contribution to art, to culture, and to all of our experience today, brother.
1: Thank you so much, brother. Um, I'm really, really honored to be presented with that card and I'm really honored to be with DAPS and um, man, I, I, I've been loving every bit of our uh, talk here, props. I, I love your energy as well and thank you so much Card Cardboard for uh, putting me into this um, uh, episode. Uh, it's really huge for me uh, because again, it's my second time to be speaking uh in in front with a lot of you know uh a lot of people in the space so I am so honored and really thankful for this opportunity and uh to share uh what is Skull face all about and what what is art uh coming from me so I had the chance to like like uh share this to you so thank you so much for listening and um
0: i'm really honored to be in here man look i tell people this show works because we make it work right this is the conversation that's why earlier i was like i'm being selfish it sounds like just me and you talking but it works it works it's a two-way thing you know you have the energy you're authentic so i feed off that too so we go back and forth right i just we don't take we just it's like a circle you know what i'm saying we communicate and my goal is is for you to feel comfortable you know what I'm saying? And being that you say that, I, re- I reach my goal tonight. You know, I want everybody to come here. This is your motherfucking house, Cole. You know what I'm saying? When you got a drop or something coming up and we need to create hype, you know, what I'm saying as a member of my community. And listen, I will follow every fucking member of my community back. If you want somebody to follow you, I will follow you back. If you want somebody to support you, I will support you. Because at the end of the day, why do we do this whole Web3 thing in the, for the first? For me to get to a place where i got a hundred thousand followers and i just talk about my community nah i'm with you guys i'm us that's why i say the streets i don't say the streets from a standpoint of of like aggression or things like that i like to paint a picture to say that i stand with the ones on the bottom that are creating stuff for everybody and the reason why i say we're at the bottom is because we're the early adapters here in web three as people still figure out the laws and the rules and all this shit is an asset, is it this, all that? We came out here and we believed and we started creating. So we're out here. And at the end of the day, man, nobody gives a fuck about us except us. So whenever we have an opportunity to celebrate each other, man, take the time to celebrate your friend. Take the time to celebrate your brother. Let's keep celebrating because that's how we're going to keep moving this shit forward. And again, we don't have to be down bad right now. Look at all these spaces. I'm not shitting on anybody. I, I, I'm Look, people think I'm 100% positive. I'm neither. I'm in the middle. I'm dark. I have dark shit, dark days. And I have days when I when I laugh. But I just choose with my energy to focus on things that are going to benefit me back. And for me, I just can't be in the spaces right now where everyone is talking about how damn bad. Nah. So this is dope, man. This has been life. Today, you contributed life to my life. And I'm thankful for that. So, bro, I'm Gucci, man. This is, I mean, shit. We can keep this shit going. We can run it. cardboard. you know I can run it. We could run it for like another three hours, but um, you know, we're not going to do that. There, there is part of me that I thought this was going to go on for three hours, four hours. So and that's fun. <laughs> yeah. I, was feeling that. I don't think, I mean, I think Scar Skullface at a certain point, he'd be like props. I know you're excited, man, but I'm going to have to go home with my family. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so man, so I just want to, again, thank everybody for pulling up tonight. Cardboards, you know, you know what it is, bro. I appreciate you. You know, you put these shits together. You know, Carboard was out here fishing with his son today, catching bluegills, lollygazers, and all kinds of crazy shit in the water. I don't know what he caught. He probably didn't catch shit at all, but we'll just pretend he caught something. And uh, and he still make he still makes these things happen. So, yo. This is what's up. Uh, this is dope. Yo, and I want to give a shout out to my homie Shark. Shark, we're going to do something big, bro. I'm super bullish on you, man. Like, people don't see it. I, I think they see it, but they don't understand. They have one of the greatest motherfuckers that I've seen in Web3. If you're not following Shark, man, again, take your phone and throw it out the window because why do you fucking have it? You're supposed to have it to do dope shit, like follow some people who are going to influence you. But uh, he's he's a real motherfucker. And when I say real, authentic is what I'm talking about. Authent- people who are authentic are people who I fuck with. You know what I'm saying? It's not about the size of your bag. It's not about your PFP. It's about if you're authentic or not. And we can smell it when you talk it. And if you're full of shit, Snow, we ain't gonna fuck with you, you know what I'm saying So again, man, I love everybody I appreciate everybody for pulling up You know, if you're not following daps and you're new to our community And you're like, what the fuck are we doing You know, give that little funny looking squiggly face next to me a follow right there Hop in the Discord, ask a question If you've been dap listed and you don't have your role Open a ticket, my team is responsive And like I said, anybody who has a question, pull up on me, man I don't hide I'm out here every day I've been out here since 2021 And I'm gonna tell you one more thing listen I'm signing like right now they're getting the contract together they're getting the contract together so again this has been drawn out a little bit longer but yeah this is this has this has been a journey for us and uh, let's just say that our launch partner you guys are gonna be excited you know what I'm saying uh, to understand what it is so I'll be back later on maybe tonight maybe tomorrow the announcement will be made but uh, DAPS has been positioned with the best thing possible and there are people who see what we're doing out here and they want to help us do it even bigger. And I'm excited about that. We've got we've got plans and they're in motion. So I'll see you guys next time. And on that note, we out.